You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Joining us in studio this morning, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. How are you this morning, Butch? Good, good. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I thought you were a little bit ornery in our conversation earlier, so... Uh, We'll see where the conversation goes this morning, Butch. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, let's get to it. Raptors had an incredible uh, game in Golden State and uh, uh, a couple of back-to-back uh, victories. Didn't get the result they wanted in Portland. Uh, but everybody's making a big deal about the Golden State game for obvious reasons. Uh, what did that game mean in the grand scheme of things, Butch? Well, I mean, to, to the organization, um, you know, they projected it as, you know, it's the coming, next coming of Jesus Christ. But it's, <laughs> it's a really good win, but Golden State is not very good right now. This whole thing with uh, Green and Durant is really boiling over. And you can see it in um, Green can't make a shot. Uh, he's always been a rebounder, defender, you know. Um, I don't like that uh, what he did to, to JV. Uh, losing JV is, I think, catastrophic. I would much rather they lose the game and keep JV. He has been, maybe it's because, you know, he's playing for a contract, but Valachunas has been as good as he's ever been since he's been here. Uh, he can now, he always was a left shoulder turn guy. He's now turning over his right shoulder. He's making shots. He seems to fit in. He has accepted the, the pressure and stress of playing off the bench instead of starting. Um, but the guy playing ahead of him, Serge Ibaka, is playing his best basketball. But the two together, there's not two bigs playing better on one team. I don't think there's two bigs on two teams playing better than those two. So um, the injury factor in him being out four to six weeks, I don't like that from a standpoint of fatigue now on Serge. Um, the backup uh, who will take over for JV, I- I've always said since he was drafted by Detroit, he can't play. And uh, so don't believe, you know, what you're reading in the media about Greg. Um, but it was a it was a good it was a good win. Um, it was a good win against a Western Conference team. And, um, you know, I, I just think they're playing very well. I think right now they are the best team in the, in the NBA because of their consistency. Um, they're just really good. What's what's caused them to move up to the next level? <laughs> Siakam. Is it is is that it? Siakam is the Michael Cooper of the Toronto Raptors. Well, pretty high he, praise. He he, def, he defends the best player. He does not fatigue. Um, he is a, another quiet voice, not another personality. Uh, I believe if if he had a off the dribble, uh, the ability to make to take shots off the dribble. Right now, he's a set, you know, catch and shoot set shooter. But if he could off the dribble and pull up and and make a shot, uh, he's an all-star. 
he, he currently is not an all-star because he doesn't have that ability, but he is probably one of the best young wings um, in the NBA. But I, I compare him to Michael Cooper because now you can put Siakam on a guy. If he gets in foul trouble, you put Kawhi on him. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a rough night. Butch, to have those two. The injuries seem to be piling up in the Raptors. Are they going to be affected? I know Valanciunas is very important to that team, but uh, they'll be affected in the long run, right? They will be affected in the long run. Uh, I was. It scared me when Siakam took the spill in Portland um, because OG is not as good as Siakam defensively. He's not that kind of basketball player, doesn't have the, the fluid body movement that you need to be a really good defensive player. Um, he's a basketball player, but he's not the fluid player that Siakam is. To take Siakam out, um, really, I believe, they have they have two problems. Um, the problem in which um, injuries, and you know, they, they talk about rest. They've done a good job with rest, but the issue at the end of the day is you can't have your really good players not playing. And I, I went through that experience as a rookie where Magic Johnson hurt his knee and was out. And the amazing part was that offensively we were fine, but defensively his mental quickness wasn't there. Where he was supposed to be, we were a little late, and we get beat in the first round of the playoffs. It's amazing those two guys, uh, Abaka and uh, Valanchunas, they average almost 30, 40 points per game at that position. That's incredible. Not only that, the efficiency of the 40 points. I mean, they're they're shooting 50%, 60% on you. Um you know, if my suggestion would be I would never let Serge Ibaka take another three-point shot because he's so efficient at making two-point shots. And when you're making two-point shots, you are grabbing the opportunity for it to have momentum on your, on your side. Um, this was the problem. He was so inconsistent as a three-point shooter in the previous season. I thought it was cured. And then all of a sudden, he starts drifting back out there. Um, but he's just really good between 15 and 20. He's taking the place of DeRozan because he was a two-point guy too, yeah, right? So yeah. he's pretty well taken that uh, spot. Well, the other thing is that now the defender who's guarding him has to be out there with him so there's yeah. no rim protection. It's just been a really good combination. It's, it's uh, the things in which you would you know would say, are you surprised about? The, the way he and JV, their efficiency is at the top of the NBA when you, when you combine two bigs. And uh, the fluidness uh, as a defender and and uh, transition player of, of Siakam. Let's talk about Kawhi. I mean, he was, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, brought, uh, traded for. Um, we lost a beloved player in DeMar Rosen. Um, uh, basketball people, and, you know, we've chatted about this, Butch. Uh, you, you, get a, you, you get a player like Kawhi Leonard, an opportunity to bring him in. Uh, you bring him in. Are we... Are the Raptors at with Kawhi where you would have expected them to be at this point? Uh, Kawhi's missed a few games, uh, significant injury problems last year. Um, he's, he's, he's not playing the back-to-backs this year. Give me your assessment where Kawhi is from a health perspective and your assessment where he is from a basketball perspective. Well, I just, I, you know, I've said before earlier with you guys that, in my opinion, and all the film I went back and looked at on Kawhi to to evaluate him, he what he is doing is miraculous. I, I don't know. I believe he's lame in his left leg. In other words, he's been injured in that leg, and 
he has buried himself in a gym and done his own recovery. And uh, they should not overplay him. It would be a huge mistake. Um, they'll be under a little stress at the end of the year on, on how to play him to get to the playoffs. But he has that quiet assassin effect on the team. I noticed it in the first exhibition game where Serge Ibaka was going off being angry in a game and Kawhi just raised his hand like, stop and shut up, must play. And that's what they've done. He has, uh, I mean, just think about it. I mean, Pop's got to be sitting there in San Antonio, like guys that we really think this guy couldn't play and with what he's doing. But I think that um, they should be resting him. I think that... Toronto has responded. Toronto did a really good job when they got their G League affiliate and they put all those young kids down there and forced them to play those minutes. But it wasn't just playing in the G League. They also played a lot of those games in the the old ACC. So there was a familiarity with the environment, and that's Fred Van Fleet. (laughs) That's Siakam. That's OG. I mean, it's that part, I believe, the transition more like in, in high school in the States, you'll have the junior varsity and the varsity. And sometimes the JV kids get to play two quarters on one game and then three quarters in another. But in, in my opinion, the way they've transitioned those younger players into the fabric of what they want to do is unique. Other teams aren't, are not, have not done it that way. They are, they are a unique unit led by the quietness of Siakam and and I believe uh, Kawhi. Your assessment of Boucher, the Canadian kid, what's he like? Coach? <clears throat> well, he's tall and skinny, all right? He always can score. The kid grew up starving, all right? He's, he, he wants to be a pro because he knows that's how he can feed his family. He, it's, it's, the best, it's the best of both worlds. He was always extremely talented out of Montreal. Um, and, you know, he was on uh, the people that I hang around with. He, he was on their radar. He goes to Oregon. The assistant coach of Oregon is Kevin McKenna. I've known, was uh, again, was with my sec- on that second year in the Lakers. And so, but I like him because he's tall, skinny. You know, if, if someone were to tell you, well, what kind of players, I, I like them long and athletic because I can do more with them. Siakam style, right? Because you, 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 you guard, he can guard three guys, right? And you get down to where you got to end the game, you got five possessions, you don't have to sit there and be subbing people. You just tell one guy to move over. And uh, it's just the, the more variables you have as a basketball coach, uh, if you want to be a good basketball coach, the more variables you have, the better chance you'll have to be, be defensively. And uh, I think, you know, Positionless basketball is not something new to Toronto. You know, when you look at what we did with McGrady, Carter, and Christie, mm-hmm. you know, the other league, the other teams in the league didn't know what to do. Like, what are we going to do with all three of them? Because they wanted to play a point guard. So I like the versatility that he would provide. He's, he's another piece. Uh, because at the end of the day, however this thing settles out in the summer, um, Kawhi either stays or he's going to be moved. And I wouldn't let him go for free. I would end up signing, trading, and you're going to lose some of your young players. You're going to get some young players back. Uh, Butcher, last question before we go to break. Uh, uh, obviously, having Kawhi uh, come in and, and um, um, Danny Green, uh, the thought was that this was going to significantly improve the uh, the Raptors' defense. Uh, are you seeing that? Well, they're number one in the league in 
winning the first quarter, and they're probably second or third in winning the third quarter. And you know, and I've always advocated, you know, when you guys have given me a chance to be on here, that you know, it's just the golden rule: you win the first and third quarter, you're going to win 80 percent of your games. And the reason is it puts everybody to sleep. The officials stay out of your business. Um, uh, Danny Green has been, when I went back and looked at the film, it was like the ball was on a string between Kawhi and Danny Green. So clearly someone saw that, and that's why they wanted Danny. I don't know I don't know why San Antonio got rid of both of them, but Danny has been uh, really good. I think he'll be better as, as a game. The season gets shorter, and he can focus and lock in because he, he is an older player. And um, the less games, the better off of him, and he'll be really good. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, I don't know if they're playing C.J. Miles to move him. I wouldn't play him at all. He hasn't been able to buy a basket. He, he's never been able to defend. Uh, in my opinion, you know, he needs to get out of the rotation. Uh, but they may be doing it to rest O.G. and and uh, Danny. Anyways, uh, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. With us this morning, uh, Ra- former Raptors coach Butch Carter. We have another sports team in Toronto. It's called the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, we'll go to break. We'll be right back after the break. We'll be talking to post-media hockey writer Lance Hornby. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the gourmet special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, downtown Toronto also on 96.7 FM on the internet, www.zoomerradio.com. CA joining us in studio today, Butch Carter, 
Joining us on the phone right now, Post Media Hockey writer Lance Hornby. How are you doing today, Lance? Good morning. How are you? We're great. Thanks so much. Uh, last night it was the uh, was the Marner and Barkov show. Uh, uh, their guy uh, seemed to get uh, a little bit the better of uh, the rest of them. Barkov certainly put on a show last night. Uh, Leafs uh, first couple of periods uh, didn't uh, seem. Uh, Entirely engaged, they brought it in the third period, and then they succumbed to the uh, to the uh, to the talent of Alexander Barkov. Uh, your assessment of last night's game, Lance? Well, you know what? Uh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, two uh, great young stars uh, doing it at uh, at both ends uh, of the ice. Uh, really, uh, you wonder how much uh, you know how, how long uh, in a game that a guy like uh, you know Barkov and Hoffman, another guy that uh, Florida. Depends greatly on uh, how much ice time they get. It looked like they were going to drop a couple of times, and it actually led to some uh, odd man rushes the other way. Uh, you don't have to tell people about Marner and his uh, talent, obviously, uh, game breaker and that kind of thing. But uh, it came down to a couple of plays. I mean, uh, you know, you, you had a partial break by William Nylander, who's looking for that one goal to kind of, uh, you know, really uh, allow him to get back to the um you know the, the feeling uh, he had and his uh, 23 goal potential that didn't happen and for the second game in a row the Leafs ran into a hot goaltender uh, first it was Vasilevsky in Tampa Bay last night uh the ageless uh, Roberto Luongo uh, made made the key saves at the right time and again uh, Toronto uh, has been blessed in overtime this year I think they won four times uh, now a couple of times it's gone uh, against them so you know what it's uh, I won't say it's mid-season doldrums and that's exactly how it was phrased to Mike Babcock last night he says yeah we're in a bit of a, a bit of a skid but uh, you know the wheels aren't falling off so uh, I think Toronto will be much better uh, on uh, Tuesday in New Jersey uh, against a, a very beatable team and uh, then they have Florida back in uh, in Toronto uh, just before Christmas so it, it's even though it's uh, a bit of a hiccup right now I think they've uh, played well enough to win. They've just uh, run into some hot goaltending, and obviously they got to get their power play going. Lance, they've uh, started out the games very slowly. The past few games, uh, they seem to come back in the third period very strong. What causes that? Well, you know what? They're uh, it's uh, tough starts sometimes have, uh, have 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 dogged this team for uh, whatever reason. Uh, you know, it's not, you know it. It shouldn't take at this stage, certainly, because all these guys have been with Mike Babcock for so long now. Uh, you know, even though they're young, uh, you know, even the young core has been there two or three years. And uh, it, it seems they need a talking to between periods. Uh, sometimes I understand that might be, uh, whatever, a Patrick Marlowe or a John Tavares or one of the uh, veterans taking the bull by the horns uh, and, and snapping them out of it. Sometimes it's just uh, wear and tear. They're allowed to, uh, you know, they especially last night against Florida, which was obviously fired up that they had so many. Leaf fans in the building that had uh, angered them a little bit, so they came up with one of their best, uh, you know, one of their best efforts. But uh, teams like Florida collapse in the third period, and I think uh, that's you know the, that's one good thing about having Toronto skating hard and uh, having Frederick Anderson keep them in. They're in the third period because a they have confidence, uh, b they have uh, pretty good conditioning because they have a young team, and c they just uh, you know. As hard as it is for teams to to handle their their top three centers, eventually that gives way. And if you stick to structure like they have been, I think they have a better uh, a better shot in the third period. And uh, you know, you saw that uh, certainly last night. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they have to come off uh, these losses earlier in the road trip to Boston and Tampa Bay and think that they have uh, you know two measuring stick games and figure out they still have a lot of work to do before the end of the season. 
Uh, we're talking to Lance Hornby. Lance, uh, we're, we're almost getting to uh, about uh, the, the one-third mark uh, of the season, uh, right around that point, uh, uh, a little bit beyond that point. Um, Leafs started off the season, power play uh, seemed unstoppable. Uh, they had an opportunity in the second period last night. Basically, for six minutes, they had a power play, and they actually got outshot in, in the four-minute power play, 3-2 yeah, by yeah. Florida. Um, what happened to their power play? Well, you know what? It was interesting. It came up on uh, on, on TV last night. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they've gone to uh, kind of a pass-happy power play from one that had more of a, you know, a, a bit more uh, presence maybe in front of the net. Uh, last year's power play, the success was, was largely, uh, you know, James Van Reemsdijk being uh, a presence there. If he didn't get his stick on uh, on pucks, he certainly was a, a big body there. Now they're sort of more uh, more flow, and they've uh, you know, and Austin Matthews has come in and out uh, of the lineup. I don't for a minute think that this uh, power play isn't going to get better as uh, as uh, time goes on, and especially the second unit if that's where they're going to drop. Uh, you know, you know, move some pieces around, put Nylander there. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I, I think eventually if you uh, you know, if you uh, get some time. Uh, right now what's happening, I think, is, uh, you know, that early season success you mentioned on other teams, uh, they aren't blind. They're uh, they're seeing that in their pre-scout. They're going right after Toronto's uh, point men. They're, uh, for uh, lack of a better word, they're just locking down uh, Marner as he tries to weave. Uh, they're trying to uh, take away uh, Matthew's shot, and they already know that uh, Tavares is a presence in front. So, uh, you know, it's it's been, uh, you know, kudos to other teams who've been able to put that, uh, you know, to, to diffuse that to a certain degree. But also, I think Toronto uh, will be able to, as, as time goes on and they get some more practice, they're not really, you know, they're finally getting some power plays. They weren't getting a lot early on. I think with practice, uh, more chances and with Nylander back and a chance to work with it a bit more in practice once this long road trip ends, uh, I think they'll be a little better. Lance, Butch Carter here. Hey, Butch. Um, the comments around, uh, you know, the power play, and I think a lot of it has to do is these teams know a good team is coming in their building. Right. You know, and it's almost like their playoff game. And, you know, a lot of these teams, uh, you know, have Ontario kids on them or Canadian kids on them, and there's a certain sense of pride. And the Leafs seem to struggle if they don't score first or, you know, if they get themselves in a penalty kill situation and they don't, you know, protect the net. And right. It's, it, it seems to be, you know, pretty consistent. I think they're going to be up and down. You can't take a good player who signs late and then integrate him into the season, all right, and not think that nothing has changed because it has. Because there was a certain amount of certainty, first line, second line, third line, when Nylander was in Europe. Mm-hmm. And now he's back. Matthews get, gets injured also. So now you're trying to integrate two guys that you know are going to be with the organization back in. And there's an adjustment period in the fact that they, you know, they haven't been able to practice or practice, you know, at the level in which is, you know, for training camp. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's 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 a period of time of adjustment. And you're in Florida. The moms are with you. It's not a normal situation, you know. So um, I think, you know, there are other NHL teams that have professionals that have pride. And consistently, I think you're going to see this, that they're going to stumble here or there. I think they'll be better, and it's the only measuring stick is when they get in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. And I think that's one of the things, Butch, that I was thinking of earlier in the year. You know what? Uh, th- this is a very different Toronto season and that people already expect them 
to be in the playoffs, and that's not, uh, you know, that, that hasn't been the norm here for a while. Maybe a little bit last year you sort of knew they were going to be good, but I was wondering how on earth did they fill in the next uh, three or four months, especially in the spring, waiting to see who they're going to play, because really uh, this is one of those rare years, uh, you know, you've alluded to it, it's an 82-game dress rehearsal for the playoffs. So there will be ups and downs, and I certainly think that they're going to have uh, – you know they're going to have uh, some issues, and of course, uh, only in Toronto they're going to get uh, they're going to get blown up. Uh, you know, a bit uh, larger than they are. Problems, uh, especially based on how they were defeated last year in the playoffs. Teams uh, playing Toronto a lot differently than they do in the regular season, bringing the muscle, bringing a, a different uh, kind of game to try and alleviate them. But uh, it, it is ironic, as you point out, that uh, they get Nylander and Matthews back, and everybody's patting them on the back for winning as much as they did without them, and everyone expecting that. It's it's just going to go uh, a little, you know, everything's going to go to plan. I, I think Matthews has been, uh, you know, has certainly, although he's not scored as much, he certainly had a, uh, you know, had the goal of game pace going up to the start of this road trip. But Nylander, you know, uh, I really thought he would uh, need some time to get adjusted, and that certainly borne itself out. Uh, even though he's a, a, a talented player and a fast player, you're right, he has to get into uh, a rhythm with a different line and uh, with uh, with some new players on the team. It's uh, not going to be the same for him, and it's uh, going to be quite interesting for him because there'll be a lot of scrutiny, of course, with his uh, his future beyond this season. Uh, if uh, if he doesn't have a strong finish and help them in the playoffs, it's going to be quite interesting to see what they do with him over the summer. Lance, uh, Morgan Riley seems to be averaging 22 minutes a game. When is he going to be the guy that's going to be playing 26 to 27 minutes a game like a true number one defenseman? Well, you know what, I've, I don't really know how much more they can ask from him. I think he's playing a lot of, uh, you know, obviously a lot of power play time. He's, uh, he's been very steady. I mean, he makes, uh, you know, he's, I, I have noticed him a couple of times uh, being the goat on a couple of, uh, on a couple of plays, but um, this is where the whole debate about adding someone to the fence is going to come in, uh, and you know this long-awaited stud may not be coming. But uh, Toronto, I think, really has to concentrate between now and the trade deadline to adding somebody else. Because uh, if if they do, let's say they do up uh, Riley's uh, ice time to uh, to 26 minutes, uh, I don't know what he's going to be looking like come uh, come April when he has to start playing uh, those kind of minutes. Um, you know, every second night, that's going to be quite difficult for him. So I think they're going to need either uh, uh, somebody to uh, step up from, uh, you know, from either from the farm or maybe it's going to be a, a bigger role from Marincin. If they don't get somebody, I can't really see that. But around the trade deadline, add somebody there because I think depth-wise right now, the Leaf defense would be really challenged to go two and three rounds in the playoffs. Talking to Lance Hornby, a hockey writer for Post Media. Lance, there's another hockey team in Toronto, uh, which uh, you follow from time to time, uh, the Toronto Marlies. Yes. And talking about uh, 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 the Toronto Maple Leaf defense, uh, there's a couple of young defensemen down with the Marlies, a couple of young Swedish defensemen, Sandine and Nilligren. How are they doing? And... uh, do they have a projected uh, date? Uh, obviously, probably not this season, but uh, how's their development coming along? Uh, lots of people are impressed with uh, Rasmus Sandin, and especially had a very good trip uh, out Manitoba. The the, uh, the Marlies uh, really get him getting back on track now, edging over uh, 500 after uh, a rough start when uh, they you know had, had a very different look, obviously, to their team with a lot of guys up uh, with the Maple Leafs right now. But uh, Sandin has moved along; he's been a big story. And uh, Lilligren unfortunately had the uh, high ankle sprain, so he is out and probably going to miss the uh, World Junior Tournament. They had big plans for him, uh, but. Uh, I, I 
I really think Sandin's going to, he's under the radar and Lilligren to a large degree under the radar. I saw him a lot last year in their run to the, uh, to the Memorial Cup. And I, I really think that, uh, you look at a player like, uh, like Travis Dermott, uh, and I, I think you've got two players who are quite capable of, uh, you know, of similar, uh, talents and, uh, you know, uh, a similar future with the Maple Leafs and Sandin. And Liljegren, I think uh, once Liljegren comes back, obviously he's uh, you know he's he's got the extra year, but Sandine's catching up pretty well, and uh, they're also scoring a little bit on the power play with the Marlies, which the uh, the parent team is not. And uh, quickly on the subject of the Marlies, uh, Jeremy Bracco is having a, a really good stretch, uh, 16 points in his last nine games. There's a guy a lot of people think might be able to. Uh, take uh, Nylander's job, or at least challenge for it, should the Maple Leafs make a decision with him down the road. The losing streak for the Leafs, uh, the, the hockey mums are uh, there. Is there any chance of uh, them cancelling that out, Lance? <laughs> well, I don't think it, it's, uh, you know, there, there's some joking going around probably <laughs> that uh, they win when the dads are there and not with the moms, but I'm not going to be the one to bring it up. So if, uh, <laughs> if that ever comes up, I'll, uh, I'll certainly mention that it was uh, a couple of you guys who uh, said they should stay at home. But you know what? Uh, th- that Tampa Bay game, <clears throat> excuse me, could have gone either way. So uh, you know what? I think it was a great move by the Leafs to uh, to change things up uh, a little bit. And uh, wonderful story, certainly for the media who are uh, on that trip to, uh, to document uh you know exactly the role that the that the mom said. I know Mitch Marner's mom looked like she was having uh, a lot of fun with her boy scoring a couple of uh, goals last night. So uh, I I would think this trip will continue. The uh, one loss record notwithstanding. Uh, we're talking Lance Hornby. Lance, we're going to get you. Go- we're going to let you go. Uh, we we certainly appreciate it, and normally take the opportunity to remind our listeners that you're also a prolific. Uh, aside from writing in newspapers, you're a pr- prolific writer of books, and uh, we've had the opportunity in the past to. Uh, give you a little uh, promotion because I love some of the work uh, work you've done. So uh, we've got an opportunity. Is there anything you want that might uh, be a, a, a nice Christmas present for a passionate hockey fan? Uh, please take the opportunity now. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, I was uh, I was quite honored that uh, my book Toronto and the Maple Leafs got uh, nominated by Heritage Toronto for historical writing. So, uh, still a few good copies out there. In the springtime, though, my next project is called If These Walls Could Talk, and maybe uh, you guys in Butch are familiar with that concept, where uh, <laughs> you know you do a lot of great uh, great uh, dressing room, locker room, travel stories with guys uh, around the. Uh, you know, around pro teams, they've done one on whatever on the Packers, the Bulls. Uh, you know, with the great baseball team. So anyway, this one will be about uh, the Maple Leafs. And uh, although I don't have a lot of uh, championship material to work with, <laughs> like some of uh, the other authors uh, in the past fifty years, uh, this franchise is a hundred years old, and there's some uh, really good uh, behind-the-scenes stories that I'll be uh, introducing sometime in the spring. There's one for you, but you could write about the Raptors. <laughs> no, no. <I'm... laughs> uh, don't give Butch a lead in line like that, Naz. No, no, no. no. We got to. We don't have enough time. <laughs> but, but I love this title. I love this title. <laughs> Anyways, Lance, you know, you know, uh, you know how much we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we will certainly uh, take the opportunity as you, you know, to as we get closer to press date, we'd love to chat with uh, with you about that book once it comes out, and uh, we. I always love uh, chatting with you, and uh, we love your books, and uh, hopefully we chat again soon. Great. Thanks a lot, guys, and thank you, Butch. Thank you, Lance. Thanks so much, yeah. Lance Hornby. Uh, mm-hmm. No, you can't That's get That's a but- <laughs> great title, though. That's a great title. I think it's fantastic. And yeah, like- but the, prob- the problem with the title is that all the guys... If these, are, if these walls yeah, could talk. Yeah, if all the, all the guys, when they start talking, right, the, the, the walls talk two ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, when those when those walls uh, when those walls start talking, sometimes that stuff is not printable, as I'm sure you're aware. Of there's there's and, no question, and certainly some of it we can't talk about on the show. So, but certainly look forward to Lance is a great writer and uh, uh, passionate about hockey, and uh, should be a great book, and we look forward to it. Anyways, we got to go to break, and we'll be right back, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more Leafs and some basketball and. Uh, Perhaps some time for some NFL football. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive. We'll likely save you money, too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Hey, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and joining us in studio this morning also is Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. Good morning again. Um, Leafs, let's, uh, we're on that topic. Let's, uh, let's push forward. Um, uh, Butch, your assessment, uh, of the Leafs, the, the, you know, the, the question, the question, um, I guess in everybody's mind right now is how good are they? Are they a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? And if you can even, if you can even make that assessment, uh, 30 to 35 games into a season because, you know, hockey or any sport for that matter in the first third of the season is not what it is in the playoffs. Uh, criticism of the Leafs so far, there's, a, you know, a lot of optimism, obviously. Uh, got a lot of firepower up front. Uh, defense was a question mark at the beginning of the year. 
still a question mark, although they're doing very well in, in the defensive statistics point of view. But perhaps the eyes tell us something else. Um, and toughness seems to be uh, their physical um, toughness seems to be a question mark because it seems like they're headed towards showdowns with Tampa, Boston, or perhaps both. Uh, your assessment of where the Leafs are, and are they uh, a powerhouse team in the in the NHL? It's, are they a top four, top five team? They're definitely a top four team, but you, the problem you got to remember in the East, you've got a ton of experience in Tampa. And, you know, since I've been here 20 years, you know, it's been drilled into me. The closer you get to the playoffs, the more defensemen you need, right? If your defensemen are going to be good, they're going to be laying down, getting hit by pucks. And there's just a huge problem with potential injury for defensemen. So the least drafted on the offensive side, free agent side with Tavares, right? Now, their great offensive players need to be better back checkers. That would help the defense. But the reality at the end of the day is um, you've got Tampa Bay, <laughs> you've got the Penguins, you've got Boston, and remember, Ovi is still in Washington. Washington, for sure. Right? So, so is Tom Wilson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, ne- it's never, ever been easy to get out of the East. And... Um, you know, they're going to get better at Matthews. They talk about Matthews, but but I think, you know, I really like Marner, <laughs> right? I like him. The little bitty dude, you know, if he's skating and carrying a puck, he'll kill you because he seems to have eyes in the back of his head, and he seems to be that, that team builder that you need. He doesn't care who gets the puck. He's just trying to put it on their stick so that the team scores. And he just has, a, I believe, a unique energy for wanting to be a Leaf. I think he's, you know, being born and raised around here. But without a doubt, they're a top four team. The problem is the other three teams have all the same ambition. And hockey playoffs are more like a war, right? The physical fatigue, the injuries, you know, and the puck doesn't bounce straight all the time. No, it doesn't. So I think defensively, you can't improve without giving something away. And what in the hell do you give away? they got a lot of really good offensive parts. And it should be a two- or three-year process. That's why they signed Tavares. And everybody keeps looking at it as, you know, one year, one year. And they're going to have to figure it out. You know, the GM has to figure it out. What does this team need? Let, let me, does, well, it need does it need bigger defensemen, tougher guys back there? Some tougher wingers. What do they need? I think I think they need. You know, I don't believe we have a, a number one defenseman. I think if you look around the league, there are going to be some of your teams that are going to go, be on a downward spiral. That, but historically, you know, from what I've watched, our defensemen, we go on a road to West Coast trip. You know, I mean, I think we were we fell apart the first West Coast trip last year. All right. We gave up goals we never should have given up. Um, and, yeah, a guy can say, well, you're on a top team. You're the number one defenseman. But, you know, different players and different teams play better. Naz, um, your assessment. 
I mean, we don't, you know, it's not an opportunity to be negative here. We're we're, all, we're thrilled about the Leafs' progress. I mean, let's let's be fair. They're 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 fun to watch when they bring it like they do in the third period last night. Watching Marner play, as Butch says, I mean, it's an absolute joy and thrill to watch a player like Marner. I mean, he's uh, wow. He's worth the price of admission, and uh, I can't remember the last time Leafs had uh, um, a player that saw the game the way Mitch Marner does. Uh, Doug Gilmore. We go. Doug Gilmore had an edge to him. Uh, no, this guy sees the game better than that. Yeah, I think he sees the game like Gretzky, but he won't get to the, the levels of Gretzky. But he plays like Gretzky. He's the only guy that I've seen in the past twenty years that look, looks a bit like Wayne Gretzky. Like he draws people to him, and then he. Moves your your uh, your midterm assessment. Uh, you know, this is uh, you know, we're going to find this in the in the in uh, I think the Toronto Stars always done this job. They rate the, they rate the performance of each player, and they rate the performance. They give them an A plus or a, an F for. A D or whatever. Uh, overall, uh, uh, where would you rate the Leafs uh, at this point in the season? Uh, they about where you would have expected them to be, and uh, where uh, are, is, yes. is and I are there? I, what holes do they need to fill? Yes, and I didn't expect Tampa Bay to do what they're doing without their goalie because they played without their yeah. goalie for 14 games, and they they're just as they're good. good. They turned up yeah. the offense. Yes. They didn't back off, and Tampa's going to be very very tough. But Toronto's right there with everybody else in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth type situation, right? And in that Tampa-Toronto game, everybody's making a lot. Um, uh, Leafs, 48-49 shots, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tampa, I think, I can't remember the exact amount, but significantly less than that. Um, Everybody was suggesting the Leafs showed in that game that they can play, uh, that they're uh, just as good. Uh, as Tampa Bay is—is uh, is that the way you saw that game? Yeah, I saw it that way too. Uh, but the Tampa Bay's defense is better than Toronto's. The well, forwards are better than are the same. But the, Butch, home, but Tampa started their 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 reset before Toronto did. Right? Yes, yes. Right? We don't we don't have a headman. That's correct. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, that's correct. I mean, that's I mean, he's an elite defenceman, and they've got a, a few other guys back there. Yeah, and to get to where they're at, they've traded some guys away. They've moved some guys that it didn't work out. But I think you know you have to remember Toronto needs to stay injury free, and to, you know they need to go into the playoffs without trying to rejig and who's who's going who's on eight, who's on first base, and who's on second. But they are. It should be a two or three year process. I mean. I watch more more Leafs games now than I ever did, and one because I believe in the professionalism of John Tavares. I believe that he is what a lot of teams need, and he came home, and uh, he just does a he does a great job. I just think at the end of the day, they're going to try to put bigger guys on on Marner, right, and and leverage him because he's just a little guy. But again, you don't. You're not going to be able to fix everything in in one month or one, or, you know, one season. It's the whole thing of getting Tavares was so that the whole base of the building, your foundation, is there for a longer period, and you you can work things around. Freddie there- Anderson concerns me a bit because he doesn't make the clutch save in important situations. And last night's game, Barkov did play very well, yeah. but two of those shots. I mean. There were defensive blunders on. on yeah, on yes, most but you got to make the save as a goalie. You got to make the save as a goalie, and yeah. you know he's had a good year, but he hasn't shown me that he can play in the clutch. 
And he didn't in Anaheim. So. Well, it depends. You know, th- you know. Sometimes the Leafs' defense abandons him too. I mean, uh, you know, you know, the, the overtime goal. Okay, it's three on three. Whatever. There's. They made a big deal about the defenseman. I can't. Was it Riley? Didn't play the center of the ice. He didn't. He didn't play the fundamental thing that a defenseman should do, which is, uh, you know, you stay in the middle of the ice. And he he went. He went to the passer. You don't do that. But it's three on three. It's right. all scrambly hockey. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. But there was defensive there's no three bre- on three in the playoffs. So yeah, yeah there's defensive breakdown on the other Barkoff goal where the guy couldn't didn't get the puck out That's of the right. zone. He, Turned it over to the center. They, I mean, they sort of, you know, Barkoff in that goal in overtime, it's a world-class goal, yeah. you know. Right. I mean, you know, this guy's a world-class player. I mean, you're going to give him that opportunity, you know, that that's the end result of the game. And, and you know, in, in overtime you take the, those chances. But, um, um, so, you know, just when we're talking about um, the two, three-year scenario that you talked about, Butch, and something just popped into my mind, and I want your... I'll throw it over to you, Naz, and then to you, uh, Butch. Uh, Nylander, is he's Toronto's Jonathan Druin, which is Iserman. Druin wasn't, right. he wasn't in the situation he wanted to be. Uh, obviously, he looked around and said, I'm not going to be the alpha dog here. Uh, I'm not getting either the money or the, the ice time, or I'm not the key guy here. Get me out of town. Um, is that where we're headed with Nylander? Because the, the Tampa ended up getting a pretty good young defenseman from Montreal. Um, give me your thoughts on that, that Ness. Is Nylander here for the long term? No, or he, I think he'll he... be gone in the summer. They can't afford, because of the cap, they can't afford all these guys. Because we figured it out. It was $95 million you need under the cap to I fit thought, all these guys. Is that much? I thought 90, it was like $83 million No, 83 is what they're going to, okay. but by the time they sign all these guys, oh, Matthews and Marner they, and all the rest of them. Well, they got them, some they, pretty healthy projections. God bless them. But Just, uh, just pay the tax. <laughs> There's, oh, there's no, no tax. tax. Oh, then they're in trouble. <laughs> they're in trouble. There's no tax. This, this, they pay this, no problem. There's no luxury tax in hockey. I mean, you got to stay underneath and uh, go. Go. Let, let, which, let's which, even talk. Which, we need, we haven't had the opportunity which, to talk to which, you, Butch. Which, but think about it. Nylander needs to play so that other teams feel he has the value to to trade him. Right. Right now, I believe they signed him because the market said, "No, nah, he's not worth that." Right. He needs to play and play well. For, because you need a tradable asset, and this is this is what coaching staffs screw up all the time, is that when you he is your player until he's not, and you need to develop him like he is your player. Coaching staffs make the mistake; they go in the coaching meeting room and they call the players. He's a jerk, and you know I can't stand him, and can't wait for him to get out of here. And that is the worst thing you can do. The reality is that you got to tell the world that he is the greatest guy in the world. When you're sitting at the bar on the road and some bartender asks you, you know, and said, "Hey, he's super," you know, you 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 got to go out and tell the story because you need to make him a tradable asset. And too many times, coaching staffs devalue the asset indirectly by their comments to the press. Somebody, you know, hey, what, what do you think of him off the record? You know, and that's when we get stories about guys eating hot dogs. Well, that guy's got two cups. He certainly does. All right? <laughs> he certainly All does. Right? All because of local press. You know, we don't like him. We, you know, so, okay, so we're going to get on him about eating a hot dog. Who gives a shoot what he eats? All right? 
The issue at the end of the day, he was the best sniper we had. We end up having to dump him, and he goes and plays backup and gets two cups. He was he was miscast in the role here in Toronto, and Phil Kessel will never be it. He'll never be the player you can strap a team to his back. Right. He's got to be a he's got to be a secondary. What do you, what do you call him? Secondary stars. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, he's a world class player, but he's not Sidney Crosby or Malkin. You can't strap the team. And, and Nylander, to me is the same. Yeah. Same same skill set. Great hockey player. Skills coming out of his yin yangs, but I don't I don't see him being. You, you don't strap a team to his back. I think Nylander. I I can't see a scenario. I don't I don't know how they're going to make these numbers work. And there's a lot brighter minds than mine. Um, uh, you know, Brian Burke said this 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 signing of Nylander was, you know, the, the way overpaying him. Okay, so you got him on a contract, way overpaying him. You know, maybe maybe the thought process is after this spring, he's gone somewhere else, just like Jonathan Druin was gone somewhere else. Uh, but let's talk about what's coming down the pipe, uh, Butch, because I'm sure you've thought about this. Okay. Marner's value goes up every game. Yes. The bottom line. Yeah. Uh, you know, he may have been, you know, he was he was being discussed in the same category as Nylander yes. before the season started. Right. I mean, there's a huge separation between them now. Yeah, Nylander actually did him a favor. Yeah. By, by not coming. <laughs> right? Yeah. right? So Marner, I, I don't know what that number is. Uh Maybe perhaps you can you you've got a number in mind, but let's talk about the even I wouldn't call it a bigger problem is Austin Matthews. Um because these guys are all up for offer sheets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's at the end of this year or the year after, right. whatever, whenever this it is. It's this year. Is it this year? So yeah. if they don't get these these two signed on contracts, there's gonna be some crazy general managers out there that are gonna offer ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, for for all kinds of different reasons, just maybe because they just don't like the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the key guy is Matthews. So you got to think that Arizona would bet the franchise on this guy. Naz, you're shaking your head again. He'll never go to Arizona Why? because they're not good enough. And he comes back to talking. So, we were talking. Okay, so, we're going to so, talk about money. We okay. talked about this <laughs> okay, okay, previous but, but, to the show. All right, I'm glad we're on this subject. Okay, go ahead. So in my mind, I've always worried about Matthews wanting to go west. Yeah, not just Arizona, but west. All right, L.A., San Jose, wherever, wherever out the, west, the, out, out west. Yeah. All right. Simpler because. Being, being an American, you guys understand, it's tough for these kids to come in and say, well, there, what do you mean there's no ESPN? Right? Just the things that they've done naturally their whole life. And the other problem you have, you have the same problem with him that I had with Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady was shipped from his high school to North Carolina. So he was sent away from home early. All right? Matthews went to Europe. He's been gone a long time. He's been gone a while. He's been two. He's been in two foreign countries. All right, since he was seventeen years old. Yep. All right, eighteen yep. years old. Yep. All right. Yep. So, I don't see any Matthews commercials. All right. He's with GQ. Okay, he's with GQ. But I here's the thing. I the, thought I saw one the other the, day, the, but he wasn't the main star right. in the commercial. Agent, the agent gets twenty percent. Of endorsement fees, four percent of the contract, twenty percent of endorsement. So, what's he worth in L.A.? All right. I think the more what, what he's worth in L.A. What's he worth in Arizona? I, I, because because Arizona, fail, you, Arizona, you know what? 
They have I, I to think, be good, think, Wally. I, they have to be good. Good from what sense? They're not. They're not a good team. He's not going to sign there. It's like Stamkos when he came here. If he gets least, offered least, sixteen million dollars or whatever the max that you can pay, will match even, it. The lease will match. They're going to pay Austin yeah, Matthews sixteen yes, million. How, how does that? They have no choice. You can't pay Austin Matthews sixteen no million choice, dollars Wally. in Toronto. Butch, help no me cho- out here. They have no choice. How, how, then what are you going to pay Marner? So what are you going to pay Marner? Hold on, hold on. So here's. If you're a smart GM, you've already mapped out what combinations you'll take if you had to trade him. Trade? Matthews. You may get your defenseman through Matthews. Well, you'll get your defenseman through Matthews. You, all right. There's no question about that. All right, so, but if, if Arizona signs him, you'll probably get five first-round picks well, on, on a terrible hockey team. Well, well but, right? but again, a smart GM, he's got... This year's roster, he's got every other team's roster, and then if he's doing analytics, he's saying what are the combinations that are acceptable. All right. Now the dumb GM, he never does that, and then someone calls him and he walks around and says, "Hey, would we do this deal?" Every team is matched. Anytime you see a free agent, every team is matched. PK was matched. Shea Weber was matched. They were all matched. Sixteen million dollars. Because here's no the choice. problem. Here's the Matthew situation is unique because it, there, I don't think there's ever been any parallel. You've got a hometown boy, hometown boy going back to a market that's never ever had anybody who could play hockey before. And, and that, he's one of the top players. And you got a team that's barely struggling to survive, and. To me, it's either you, either you get Austin Matthews or it, that team's going to be in Quebec City in the next five years. Okay, so, so I, I, that if team, I'm the owner, that, that I'm the owner be, of that, that team, that team's going to Houston, by the way, or Houston or yeah, where, okay. wherever we, Gary we, Bettman we, allows yeah, them to we, go. We we know that teams are going to move, right? Yeah, with, right? With Seattle coming on board, somebody else is going to move, right? Or another expansion team. Yeah. Is gonna, See, right? my theory is. My theory is the guys down at, at uh, can't even call it the ACC anymore. It's the SBA, but I don't like that. SBA, name. whatever it's called, right? <laughs> um, they're not stupid guys, okay? And th- there's no suggestion here that we know anything better than they do. Let's not let's let's not be silly about this. The Kyle Dubas is a bright kid. Um, they've got some intelligent capologists and all that stuff. Right. They forecast this stuff till the cows come home. Right. My gut instinct tells me that they didn't forecast Mitch Marner at ten at ten million, ten and a half million, right. and they didn't forecast Matthews at sixteen million. Right. Okay, so now you got six million, eight million. You got to find somewhere. Okay, right. so that's their struggle. Right, right. Go find it. And they didn't have Nylander at six point nine million. Correct. They had him. They had him at six. And you have Tavares at eleven. This is why. Well, they had they're, Tavares. They're, they made that yeah. calculation already. Yeah, but at, at the at the end of the day, all right. The player that will be moved will be the one that brings the greatest value back to the franchise over a three- or four-year period in which Tavares is signed. Well, you know who that guy is. You know who that guy is. It's Austin Matthews. That's who I think it is. It's not Nylander. It's Austin Matthews. That's who I think it is. All right? Because the other thing is... Uh, How you sell that to the fan base, I don't know. You figure that one out. You win. You win. Because the, the the reality is, all right... They are a winning franchise right now, right? So the issue at the end of the day is are you going to go for it or you're not, right? So if you're the general manager of the Maple Leafs, all right, and you show that you've won for a three- or four-year period, 
All right, you can go somewhere else and get another job. Anyways, Butch, I'm gonna have to. Uh, unfortunately, right. I got to cut you off there. We've run out of time. Naz, ten seconds. Last word. Uh, <laughs> I am speechless after that show. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, to all our loyal listeners, listen. Uh, thanks so much for your support. Uh, ratings came in this week. You're supporting us like never before. We appreciate it. To all, have a great, great uh, week. Be safe, and we'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you.